And welcome to the Talk About Show here on KZSE Santa Cruz at UCSC. I'm your host, John Sandage. And once a month, we do a climate change show. Uh, Tamara Rice is the hostess with the mostess on these, and she's here with us right now. This evening, we have Joe Jordan here. And he's uh, a scientist and an educator and our local resident solar expert. We're really lucky to have Joe in town. For over 20 years, he worked as a scientist for NASA, Ames Research Center, and he was studying the ozone layer, searching for planets, investigating the birth of stars, and studying Saturn's moon. He taught classes, and he continues to teach classes, global climate change, solar home design, renewable energy, and environmental studies at San Jose State University. He's also taught classes on renewable energy at Monterey Institute of International Studies and at Cabrillo College as well. He's been engaged with the local youth, teaching them math and science and about climate change and renewable energy sources. He's successfully applied for and received millions of dollars of grant funding for such things as a special academy, energy academy at Carrillo College, and for projects such as the installation of solar energy systems at our local schools and on the Santa Cruz City Hall Annex. He's also spearheaded the public effort to simplify and reduce the cost of the permitting process for residential solar energy system installations here in town. And he's initiated, organized, managed, designed, and advocated for sun power for decades. So he's also done a TED Talk that I saw recently. It was excellent. Energy and the future of the world. So if you have not seen that, check that out first. Thanks for coming on, Joe. And what do you do in the afternoon? All <laughs> <Yeah>, right. <laughs> yeah, thanks for doing this, Tamara and uh, John. I guess you're a volunteer also. Oh right? yeah, Up here? yeah, yeah, yeah. So fantastic for years and years and years. But I did have that paying job once where you and I worked o- together over. <laughs> oh, at you K- over at KSCO. KSCO. They were paying you. Yeah, well, we, we, we were just reminiscing. <laughs> I first met John. I think I don't know twenty twenty five years ago when he was working over at KSCO. He had me come in there to talk about the ozone layer. And as some of you may know, there are a lot of listeners to KSCO who have some problems with science and uh, <laughs> put it mildly. anyway <laughs> anyway uh, they were you know attacking me as a government hack just trying to fatten my research budget and all this stuff but i jollied them up i talked about it in a way that got them interested enough in the science and that's that's what's needed you know you got to do a job of education where you're actually making it sort of fun to learn important stuff and dead serious stuff. Um, By the way, that TED Talk you can reach just by going into any web search engine, Google or my favorite, DuckDuckGo, and you can type in four words, Joe Jordan TED Talk, and you'll get a link to a 12-minute YouTube that starts out with the question, are we going to make it as a species on the Earth for much longer? (laughs) Which is a real cliffhanger. And um, my, my main answer is, it depends on whether the human race wises up to the power that be up there in the sky, uh, which is 10,000 times what we need, the sun and all of its derived energy sources, the winds and the rains and the green plants and so on, versus the way we're hell-bent on getting our energy, which is our largest and most polluting industry in the world, namely oil, coal, gas, and uranium, the powers of darkness. That's what we're doing for our energy now. So anyway, I say, hey... Let there be light. Take back the day. So, uh, and just a couple things. I wanted to make sure I talk a little bit about my favorite thing, which is astronomy. 
for one thing, we're on the eve of, or we're actually right at the peak of one of the major meteor showers of the year, tonight and tomorrow night. Now, here in Santa Cruz, it's pretty damn foggy. <laughs> but, um, so we're not going to see much. Not going to see much. Well, if, or if you d- call somebody you know way up Empire Grade or, or way up Highway 17, <laughs> get Where up to the, the summit, it's supposed to be twice as good as, as it normally is. And normally, it's a really great meteor shower, you know, at least one or two a minute. So, you know, maybe tonight or tomorrow night, if you get a chance, and who knows, maybe we'll get a break on the weather tomorrow night. Um, And the other thing is you can uh, now see all five naked-eye planets, plus the Earth, so that's actually a half a dozen of them, (laughs) uh, lined up in the evening sky. Um, You can see Jupiter, Mars, and Saturn for quite a while, uh, but then uh, Venus and Mercury, you need to kind of be out there in the first hour after sunset. So, hey, if you're interested in seeing any of that, Get a hold of me, and I will uh, help you spot all those and things. And how would they do that? Well, okay. Come I guess over I, to the house. I guess, <laughs> yeah, I guess I should give you my email address. Yeah, actually, that's that would a work. common good Certainly. practice here. J. Jordan, so it's all one word, J-J-O-R-D-A-N, at skypower.org. And it's sky dash, like a minus sign, power, like power to the people, dot O-R-G. So just send me a message. Hope it doesn't go to my spam. <laughs> and uh, oh, I just wanted to say, uh, Tamara was talking about a moon of Saturn. I mean, Saturn actually has a bunch of moons, but the moon Titan is bigger than our moon, and it's one of the only moons in the solar system that has its own atmosphere. And the thing that was interesting there was we predicted, and it has since been confirmed, that there's liquid methane on Titan, which plays a role comparable to water on the planet Earth. It's so cold on Titan that methane, which here is natural gas, there it's a liquid. So you have methane lakes, you know, maybe Ooh. methane falls, methane quicksand, who knows? No <laughs> <But> smoking. Anyway. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyway, um, so astronomy, you know, is... Uh, That's his hobby. <laughs> that, yeah, they, they call me Cosmic Joe, because I love to do true tall tales of the universe with groups of people. <laughs> and I'm sitting in the back of the room with my hand up, and I want to ask a stupid question, but I've always wondered, what makes something a moon? Because it or- orbits a planet? Yeah. Is yeah. that all it, all it takes? Yeah, and technically it's called a satellite. And people think, well, aren't satellites man-made? Well, no. You know, the moons of Jupiter and the moons of Saturn, those are it, technically satellites. Yeah. So that means uh, it's basically kind so of So it's same. not a size thing. Right, right. And size uh, doesn't matter in this case. <laughs> the, moon, the Earth's moon is, the, I think, the biggest one in the solar system compared to the size of its of its host planet. Uh, and it was formed in an extremely violent event where a you know, Mars-sized object plowed into the Earth just after it was cooling down from the formation at the beginning of the solar system. Anyway, it was... Uh, and knocked uh, a chunk off. And yeah, one of the most violent events in the whole history of the solar system. It knocked a whole bunch of the Earth off. Some of it escaped. Some of it went into orbit and formed a lava ring around the Earth for a while. And some of it fell back into the Earth. But that ring eventually congealed into what we now have as the moon. And this stuff has only been realized in the last 20 or 30 years. I remember I was at NASA Ames once, and a guy came in and, and gave a lecture. And it, it was one of the first. There used to be these three competing theories about how the moon formed. And it was in our lifetimes that that kind of got resolved, partly with, you know, results uh, brought back from the Apollo missions. That's another show. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were right. He said, we can can take off in any direction, and and Joe will have uh, some great answers for you. But we are here for a... 
a, a topic that, um, that we're going to cover tonight. But if you want to join in at any time, you can always call us at 459-4036, 459-4036. So, Joe, I wanted to ask you about um, the solar installations on the local schools. Could you tell us about that? So if I drive by Westlake elementary school and i see the covered parking lot now with solar panels on top that was i have you to thank for that well for a bunch of the ones uh, i mean the first ones for sure santa cruz high school socal high school harbor high school how did all that come about well actually there was one other guy who uh he he had some connections to financing through what's called a power purchase agreement where you know it's called third-party financing other people will own the system you just pay them for the electricity and this is now a model which it used to be only for really big installations you know commercial institutional things now you can do it on your own home if you don't have money for solar and this is a really important point i want to make right now before i finish answering your question it used to be that you say what can we do about climate change well one thing you can do is it's definitely not the whole story at all but one thing you can do that is worth doing is go solar on your home and people say yeah okay well i don't have any money and so that's good for green wealthy green people but what about me you know well now you can do it where you don't have to front any money you don't owe any money ever and all you do is start paying less substantially less on your monthly utility bills you right know, you're catching my ear here <laughs> yes <know>. well we'll <laughs> talk later there john <laughs> the basic point i want to make here other than just calling this people's attention is hey look i'm kind of now hanging out my shingle as a solar consultant and if you're interested in this and you know have the slightest uh, uh, way to do it you know your roof isn't about to have to be re-roofed and, and you've got good sun at your house or you know friends who hey send them my way i'll get you hooked up <laughs> look a whole lot of people who work in the industry here locally are my former students from Cabrillo College. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I know the story around here, and uh, there are all these wonderful people who came before me or at the same time as me, like, uh, well, I, uh, I can name several, one of whom wrote a book. He used to teach the course at Cabrillo that I have taught for a while, the solar and renewable energy class, and his name is Bob Staten, and he wrote a book which everybody should read. It's called Power Shift from Fossil Energy to Dynamic Solar Power. It's a great book. Do you want to take a and, call? Uh, oh, sure, sure. All right, let's do that. Hi, you're on the air with Joe. Hey, Joe, it's Neil Snyder from Velocity Commuting Solutions. How are you? Okay. Uh, hi, Neil. Hi. So what's hey, up, uh, Neil? What can we do for you? Well, I just want to know if you're going to talk about, um, you talk about the environment, to talk about uh, getting cars off the road and allowing people to commute via electric vehicles, more specifically. The advent and the growth of e-bikes. Can you talk about that for a minute? Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll do that uh, for sure right now. <laughs> um, electric vehicles in general. Uh, there's a whole Monterey Bay Electric Vehicle Alliance here that meets quarterly, and they also, you know, are behind the big event once a year where the, everybody and his mother brings out electric cars, and people can come and look at them and test drive them. And that's coming up this September, actually. Uh, but electric bikes is something I'm getting more and more interested in because, for instance, you know, this damn freeway problem we uh, have here, this long uh. linear corridor down <laughs> Highway 1. Look, if you got a relatively surprisingly small number of people off that freeway by 
all kinds of things, carpooling, taking the bus, whatever. But electric bikes, which you can take on side routes, including the hoped-for new rail trail, the, yes. the bike trail. Yes, please. You get, you get a relatively few people off that and bicycling to work. Now, look, I'm realistic. Most people are not going to bicycle to work, especially if it's over five miles. They're going to get there. They're all sweaty. They don't have any place to take a shower. Forget it. Yeah. But, hey, if you have a really modern and sexy, cool, state-of-the-art electric bicycle... And if, and if we subsidize a program, a fleet of those, you know, pay people a lot of money for these things, which we could do with the money we have available, hey, you're going to get a lot of people using those. And then the people who really do have to drive on the freeway, it'll be much easier for them. There'll be so, many, many, many more few shootings on the freeway. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm totally into this uh, electric bicycle thing. And I've, I've ridden some recently, and they're way better than they were a mere 10 years ago. Way better. They're, are, they are just super cool. And so Neil here has a company, I guess, co- which is actually com- promoting um, commuting by bicycle, right? And it's all about getting their employees to leave their carts at home and commute to work. You know, short-range commuting. And there are some empowering vehicles today. That enable you to be able to do this. So we've had great receptivity from companies yeah. Silicon Valley. I should mention the Silicon Valley has an exemplary program where their employers actually provided really substantial incentives to their computers. I mean, to their commuters, Computers. their employees. <laughs> to get the hell out of their cars, or at least not solo drive to work. And we could be doing a whole lot more of that here. And and you can just look over there. It's called the, I don't know, Commute Solutions or something or other. A gal here named Liz Levy knows about it. Uh, and uh, I don't happen to remember the name of it right now. But, but look into it. Uh, commu- uh, employer incentives to employees for uh, doing alternatives to driving solo <laughs> to work. And uh, it works. It really works. So this is the first time I've ever heard of e-bikes. Are, they're up and coming, and we're going they to are. be able to go to any bicycle shop and get one. Or can we do that now? Where are they? And do you have to have a driver's license? I, I don't think. Well, I don't know. Maybe Neil can tell us that. You have to have a driver's license. The answer is no. Not 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 in California. You don't need a driver's license. Neil, to ride a motorcycle, which is a two-wheel motorized vehicle, what's the difference? Well, motorcycles go faster than 20 miles an hour. Um, in the state of California, there are um, categories for uh, e-bikes, and most of them restrict road use to 20 miles per hour. Some of them have pedal assist, meaning they apply power when you pedal. Others have a throttle, and some have both. And as long as you have one of those, you are perfectly legal in the state of California. Um, you should wear, obviously, wear a helmet. And uh, we recommend gloves, but there is no license required. All right. Hey, well, Neil, thank you for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. And we're going to uh, open the lines again at 459-4036. Joe Jordan from Sky Power Institute is with us in the studios. We've got another, oh, 25 minutes to go. And so, Joe, what's happening as far as um, electric vehicles? Or what what do you have to say about that? Well, okay, I'll just tell you my experience. I, uh, oh, about a year and a half, leased a, an electric vehicle, all electric. I mean, not a, not a hybrid. It's an all-electric and mostly solar-powered <laughs> battery-based electric vehicle. The reason why it's solar-powered is because I have solar on my roof, and so a lot of my electricity <laughs> comes from solar. So anyway, it's a really cool car. It's a Chevy Spark. It's American-made Chevy Spark. It has amazing acceleration if you ever need it, which sometimes you do. And it's really fun to drive. And uh, 
it has a range of about 100 miles. And, uh, you know, any more, even if you have to go farther away, say if I have to go all the way to San Francisco and back, hey, I can go to San Francisco, look up on a mobile phone app for where the un occupied charging stations are <laughs> charge the car That's and then i can so drive amazing. all the way home and so you know you're driving on solar for christ's sake so anyway um and it, the reason i leased however is because hey the technology is changing so fast i don't want to buy anything yet you know i i uh, i mean i don't know tesla's supposed to come out with something uh yeah i just <laughs> heard soon. that yes this, this next uh, go-round yeah, and I, you know I don't want to be all car centric and everything. I mean I'm a big promoter of mass transit. In fact, I didn't have time to ride my bicycle up here today, so I rode the bus. <laughs> <laughs> well, people, that's good. Yeah, and now what we need is some electric buses. Actually, I hear that they, they are going to actually make some of the Highway 17 buses. Which when I teach at San Jose State, I ride the Highway 17 <clears> bus <throat> right to the Martin Luther King Library, the corner of Fourth and San Fernando in uh, San Jose. But they're going to make some of them electric buses. Which can be solar charged. By the way, that's that's true of electric bicycles. <laughs> we didn't mention that with Neil. Or, but, hey, if you have an electric bicycle, then it can be solar charged. So you, when you get to where you're going, you just plug, plug it into a solar charger and off you run. Yeah, yeah. So let's take a call here. You're on the air with Joe Jordan. Okay, this is uh, John calling from uh, coal country in southwestern Virginia. Whoa, <laughs> King Coal. <laughs> <laughs> Well, first of all, I want to say that I hadn't realized, I hadn't been out west in a while, and I hadn't realized that uh, the Silicon Valley had completed the transformation to where we actually have computers uh, working there. Um, (laughs) Robots. Artificial intelligence. It's truly Silicon Valley now, right? Oh, no, no, that's right. You were talking about commuters. Right, right, right. Um, Well, uh, we, we live down here where a lot of people drive these diesel-powered black pickup trucks, and they're all jacked up, and they got these huge tires, and they have these enormous tailpipes, and they're the diesel uh, pickup trucks, and they're really, really loud, and they belch black smoke, and they call it rolling coal. And it's great <laughs> fun for these guys to cut in front of somebody in a Prius and uh, fumigate them. Um, and they all have friends of coal bumper stickers, and so I I, I want to start publishing friends of clean air bumper stickers to kind of fight back a little bit because uh, you know friends of coal. Well, you know coal is slightly elevated above burning peat, isn't it? Buffalo, right above buffalo water. chips. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I was going to say that, buffalo chips, yeah, you're right down there in the dirt. Yes. So, um, but uh, interspersed uh, uh, between the, you know, the coal huggers, uh, we have enough tree huggers, and uh, Blacksburg uh, has a solar initiative, and uh, our local community college has uh, uh, wind power and uh, solar uh, PV All right. installation. Better than I can say for our local community college. I've been pulling teeth there for 20 years to try to get solar. I think we're finally going to make it happen. It's finally about to get there. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) Well, I I just uh, have a blog aggregator on my phone, and I look at these little snippets of various blogs from all these news streams, and several of them are uh, renewable energy and sustainable energy and climate uh, news blogs and I just keep uh, seeing um, good news about solar and about how, you know, in many parts of the world uh, and in 
some parts of the United States, solar is directly competitive with uh, uh, fossil fuel power, uh, 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 you know, fossil fuel provided electricity now. Yeah, well, you know, electricity. you know, we would have gotten there a lot sooner, and we can still accelerate the process if we had done what any decent self-respecting nation does, like what America did back in the World War II era, basic research and R&D, research and development, you know, uh, well, putting you money... Know saying the government can't be in the business of picking winners and losers. <laughs> Just unless, do basic research. Unless I can make money at it, in which case then it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, um, i got a couple things you've reminded me of that I want to be sure to say. I'm worried that we're going to run out of time here. I don't know how many other callers might be coming in, but... But thanks for you for your do, call. Do you have anything else, John, that you wanted to... No, but let's thank the caller for joining us. And where again, where are you calling from? Um, uh, southwestern Virginia. All right. Well, glad you found us on the <laughs> dial and hope you'll uh, stay tuned. Thanks. Okay, well, keep up the good work. All you right. You too. Good night. Yeah, that, that's very nice to have people calling from around the country. That can, yeah. The modern time. Anyway, <laughs> what else do you want to get? Oh, to? yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of fossil fuels, uh, people want to know what what they can do and i've got something for you and this is fighting fracking but actually before i um, say that i do want to say this <laughs> that solar is not you know the final answer it is a hell of a long way towards that final answer but look even if we completely stop emitting carbon as a society and a world right now zero out completely completely we're still in deep, deep trouble, and we are going to be for a long time. And we're probably, for instance, going to lose the redwoods. We're going to lose redwoods, at least. Yeah, I mean, even though it's kind of strange, they evolved in very hot conditions on the Earth. They, they were all over the Earth a long time ago. But anyway, we, we're left with this one stand that is adapted to cool, coastal, foggy weather. And anyway, that's bad news, and there's a whole lot more bad news having to do with, directly with people and death and doom and destruction and war, you know, climate wars. That's going to happen, even if we completely zero out our energy. But look, what we got to do is start sucking carbon out of the atmosphere, big time. Hardly anybody talks about that. I was the first or one of the first in this area to start talking about that. Nobody knows how to do it yet. That's one reason why nobody's talking so about it. You need a big vacuum cleaner. <laughs> well, I, I visualize like this Chinese... Uh, legend of uh, these four brothers who had these unique talents and one of them could drink the ocean in a straw we need we need to drink the ocean <laughs> of carbon of dioxide out of the atmosphere and eject it into space or something you know we're in the realm of science fiction here but anyway i, I see you a call coming sure. in yeah hi you're on the air with joe jordan uh, hi joe this is carol long hi carol hey um i was wondering if you've mentioned i i tuned in you know after about 15 minutes of the program have you mentioned the uh sales tax measure by the Regional Transportation Commission? Yeah. Well, only obliquely. Uh, we talked about electric bicycles and how to relieve congestion on Highway 1 without having to build more of a highway. And and uh, that's all. That's where it's gone so far. Um, okay. But um, what I thought you might be going to ask about was... Um, well, <laughs> go ahead if you have something you want to say. For a different question. <laughs> um, uh, let me ask this one. Um, I just wanted to say something. Actually, it's more of a statement. Um, most people don't know very much about it yet, but there is a pro uh, proposal to, uh, and it will be on the uh, next election uh, ballot, to raise the sales tax by uh, one half percent per dollar. 
and uh, that uh, 100 million dollars of that will be going toward widening Highway One, just in a small area in the Santa Cruz, uh, actually the Capitola, uh, Aptos area. That's a lot of money. It's a 400 million dollar uh, tax measure. It will lock us in for 30 years. And I would just like to say that that is not something we have to do, that uh, the proponents of this tax measure are telling people that uh, if we don't uh, vote for it in November, that we will not have any transportation money uh, at all. And it is not true. We can actually come up with another sales tax measure if we want within another two years. Ah, two years. Well, that's that's good. Um, okay. Is there anything yeah. else? Uh, yes. Well, um, there's a uh, city council candidates forum on August 29th. There's also one uh, this weekend, I believe, at East United Church. And um, I was thinking of asking the city council candidates uh, what they will be doing to help reduce global emissions in our city. And I was uh, looking at the IPCC's recommendations to avoid some of the worst effects of climate change. In order to do that, we'll have to reduce our emissions by 25 to 40 percent below 1990 levels by 2020. Well, let's wow. not get too deep into this. We've got Joe here tonight, and we've got him so he can answer some questions and have a discussion. And uh, So if, if you've got a question, we'll take it, but no more statements for a while, okay? Okay. Hey, fine. but but thanks, Carol. And just to explain to people, the IPCC sh- that she mentioned is an acronym for the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. Um, speaking of acronyms, I got another one for you here. Two of them, actually. One of them is CCL, and that's a well uh, international group, uh, mostly national, but other chapters in other countries. And we have a local chapter, Citizens Climate Lobby. Citizens Climate Lobby, CCL, go to citizensclimatelobby.org. And look, their whole emphasis is, um, well, you know, there's sort of two basic approaches for how you're going to promote a decline in carbon-based energy and a rise in clean, limitless, homegrown, democratically distributed (laughs) renewable energy. (laughs) One way is the standard old, tired old way of, okay, subsidies and tax breaks or whatever for renewable energy and yeah we they could certainly use that because they've been dwarfed in their government largesse by the nuclear power industry and the coal industry and the oil industry but hey a better way is to make carbon more expensive to get a price on carbon to where it is prohibitively expensive to burn much of it and uh, you can do that in various ways. I mean, a carbon tax is one way, which actually even very conservative economists favor, such as Milton Friedman. None other than Milton Friedman, the godfather of the right-wing conservative e- economic establishment. He said, look, you, you got to pay. You pollute, you pay. Uh, you know, you got to pay your way. It is a, You cannot uh, just let externalities go where you affect other people f- for your activities. You... You can um, you have to internalize those externalities by paying for them, and so that's the idea behind what Citizens Climate Lobby advocates is a fee and dividend. And the idea there is okay, everybody gets a certain amount of money back on a periodic basis, uh, but you pay 
different amounts based on how much carbon you use. So if you're smart and wise and carbon thrifty, you make money. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so we're meeting. Uh, CCL's meeting uh, this Saturday morning at uh, 945 in the new Walnut Commons. Uh, if you've never been there, it's oh, a really right. cool place. Great it's right place. down there uh, at, what, Walnut Street and... Just about a block some, from the Nickelodeon. Yeah, and, and here's the thing to do. Again, email me, <laughs> jjordan at sky-power.org. Or call. Let's see. I was going to give you the friend of my, the the no, number of my friend lives there. But anyway, um, yeah. Or or yeah. Email me at j j o r d a n at sky power dot org. I want to tell you the other thing I was going to tell you about fracking. Remember, I mentioned anti fracking. Look, we kicked their asses in San Benito County back two years ago in yeah. the election. Monterey County is seven and a half times as big as San Benito County. And a much rich, richer prize for the oil and gas companies, and they are leveling their sites. They're going to be spending money like it's going out of style down there to hoodwink people, just like they did in San Benito. They outspent us like ten to one, and it's on and the we November. Still won. It's on the November ballot. We already gathered the signatures and everything to get it on the November ballot. For I, forget, I should County. know. Yeah, I should know what the measure number or letter is. I. I don't know what it is. But there is that you want to take this call? Oh sure, yeah. Is that I'm, I'm not it's the sure same if it person? Is. Hi, you're on the air with Joe. Uh, yeah, hey Joe, this is Ray. How are you doing? I, I was wondering something about um, you know I, I know that uh, you know you're a proponent of the carbon tax, but what do you think about just like eliminating subsidies to the petroleum companies? I mean, well, yeah, the same effect. <laughs> that mean, would you know that you would be a both. good start. Yeah, you do both. Let's do both. Yeah, I mean, you know, they have all sorts of. The, the, a horrendous history of, um, uh, you know, largesse and pork for the uh, dirty ways we do energy, the, the harnessing of the powers of darkness. Actually, I'm reading a book which I want to recommend to people. It's a yeah. great book. It's called The Burning Answer. Now, that might sound like, you know, burn, that might sound like burning coal, but no, it's that big thing, that star burning in the sky. You've heard of yeah. a burning question, right? A burning question. Well, this is The Burning Answer. It's by a British or Australian guy named Keith Barnham. And it goes into the history of the whole, you know, the, the quantum revolution, which made solar cells possible, as well as cell phones and everything else, and also of the nuclear, you know. In fact, he, he, uh, he uh, juxtaposes the two equations, the famous E equals MC squared, which made nuclear bombs possible, and then E equals H. F, where H is Planck's constant, a teensy-weensy little number in physics, and F is the frequency in it. That is the basis of the quantization of energy. Albert Einstein actually got his Nobel Prize not for relativity or anything like that, but but for discovering that energy is quantized uh, and and light is quantized, and il- as illustrated by the photoelectric effect, which is the foundation of photovoltaics, photovoltaics, light to electricity, solar electricity, which is if there is any salvation for humankind and the environment that will be a major part of it yeah so anyway the burning answer by keith barnum check that out okay again our phone number if you want to are you still there go ahead caller i mean no that was that was mostly and i just want to put that out there because you know instead of having to put a whole another uh you know a whole other system into place with the whole carbon tax you know i'm i'm a big fan of just taking the freaking subsidies away from the petroleum peddlers They've been getting them for 100 years, and it's a phenomenal amount of money that they get. And if we did that, green energy would be instantly cheaper than dirty power. Yeah. Well, yeah, got to do both. Got to do both, as, as 
John up here says too. So, but thanks, Ray. For, uh, you're you're right on target there. <laughs> hey, Joe, you were saying that that even if we stopped all carbon emissions right now, though, we would still need to work on eliminating the car- taking the carbon out of the environment. So, there's yeah. no answer to that. What kind of research is happening? Oh well, I mean, there are some preliminary papers and things. In fact, there's a researcher up here at the university, uh, I think, uh, who's doing some stuff on it. But it's, you know, nowhere near commercialization. And, uh, I mean, of course, you know, green stuff, you know, plants and agriculture and agroforestry and all these things, they take carbon out of the atmosphere. But we need to do even way more than we can possibly do with that. And uh, so that's going to be a whole new research and business area which uh, you know hopefully some people discover how to do it and and perform a great service to humanity while also maybe being paid rather well for for saving humanity's ass so what else were you going to say about anti-fracking the monterey oh well this weekend for instance and pretty much every weekend from now to the election they need people down there i can't go this weekend but i'm planning to go down a bunch of future weekends if you want to Get a ride in a solar electric car and even drive it. <laughs> you can carpool Joe with me and some other friends. <laughs> and we are going to go walking door to door, and it's pretty amazing the conversations you get into with people. You know, the folks who are just—they love you. They're, they're just yay, and other people who, you know, think you're full of it and uh, <laughs> and aren't all that polite about it. But um, it's really interesting, and uh, and we, you know, we'll. We'll change minds and hearts down there, and uh, we got to win this. We got to win this election. I mean, uh, it's our Monterey Bay too, even yeah. though it's Monterey County. And I, I'm not assume, I'm just assuming that the listeners may know why uh, I'm against fracking and why so many are. Uh, I mean, there's a huge greenhouse gas uh, effect from leaked, you know, natural gas, for instance, that leaks unburned into the atmosphere, which is way worse than just CO2. Um, but there's also uh, a huge threat to our water in this area. Our water in this area from fracking in Monterey County, because <laughs> headwaters of major waterways are up there. Uh, there's so many things I want to talk about here, but um, it, we'll just have to do this again sometime. Um, the whole thing of uh, you know remaking a planet, basically. <laughs> Used to work with people at NASA who uh, were studying terraforming Mars, you know, making Mars habitable. And it turns out it is practically possible to do that. But Let's then, make Earth habitable. Then there, was the, then there was the question of, well, is that ethical and uh, blah, blah, blah. What might be the side effects? And there's the whole thing of geoengineering. Um, I have a scheme uh, that I call solar system engineering <laughs> but i don't want to get into that right now yeah we've gone um, two minutes it sounds yeah, like a, yeah. there are many many oh let me just finish with one thing for those economists out there the best saying i've ever seen for people who want to say i don't know anything about economics is this the economy is a wholly owned subsidiary of the environment that was a quote from the late, great Gaylord Nelson. I think he's late <laughs> a senator, and, and I heard it from the late, great uh, Ray uh, Anderson, who was the CEO of An- Interface Carpet, a, a carpet-making company in Tennessee, and they were really dirty. He turned it into a whole solar thing, totally environmental, wonderful guy. I met him out here a few years ago, and he told me that quote. The economy is a wholly-owned subsidiary of the environment. So don't forget that, folks. <laughs> the, the two are not at odds. 
you know, economy and business and environment. They so, shouldn't uh, be, but they yeah. seem to figure out a way to do it, don't they? All right. <laughs> well, Joe, you, you'll get Joe back here again for us Definitely. one of these days, won't we? Well, it, thanks, John. It's, it's, it's always you. fun. <laughs> Good yeah, to see every you 20 after. years, whether we need it or not. <laughs> so thank you both again. And I'm looking forward to I'm going to just stick around as Ben talks and uh, listen to listen in. So good night, everybody. And, and Tamara, uh, we'll be back next month. And uh, have you lined anything up yet? I'm hoping for uh, Assemblyman Mark Stone, either September or October. Oh, great, yeah. great. He's been a guest here, so he's not afraid. Nope, he's great. We'll talk <laughs> All about All right, well, thank you for doing. putting this stuff together. This is really working great, and uh, we appreciate it. We appreciate all of the questions, and thanks for tuning in.